0: Two, ready, One! Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host in the city of Chicago and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the founder of Mission USA.
1: It's brownie
0: time! Also joining us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions.
2: Those are exceptional brownies. They're of unknown origin as of now, but those are really good. Those was my wife made them. Really? Yeah. Wow, go Jane! Yeah, they were very good. Also, way to ruin the mystery, one. Yeah. And
0: let's not lose the fact that brownies just appeared. Jed knew not where from, and he just ate them. Yeah, that's right. So, if anyone's ever looking to take out Jed, <laughs> it's not going to be that hard. <laughs> <laughs> John was all the way from Broken, Tennessee, when the pastor crashed into church. Lee Younger,
3: brownieless, yeah, yet again, no. treatless, bakedless, sorry, dude, brownieless. No baked goods for Lee. Start out here for a lee. Well, on that note,
1: here's something completely different. Uh, but it is true. Before we leave, brownies they give you energy. Yes, That's they true. do. And I'm 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 hopped up on brownie energy right now. You're right, But here's a we have a a, a confession emergency. Wow, wow. Is it, is it getting PayPal up in here? This is going to sh- well. This going to shock a lot of people. Uh, one of my favorite, my wife has a number of shows that she likes. Sure. One is a show I refer to as sewing and crying. Mm. Have you
0: been repeatedly asked not to refer to it that way?
1: That's correct. Meetings. Uh, the actual, the actual name of the show is Project Runway. Thank you. Sure. Um, and there, there's a number of these types of shows. That she likes, and the are the, the other ladies on the staff. They like these shows as well, and they talk about it and compare.
0: Yes, they're about achievement and human emotion, both of both of which Glenn finds endlessly mockable.
1: That's correct. Now, here's one of their favorite shows that they all like, and they all talk about, and they watch them as soon as they come out. And the whole deal is uh, the the Great British Baking Race. Sure. Close. Sink is what it's called.
0: Great British Bake Off.
1: Okay. Uh I think it was originally called Ready Steady Bake. Sounds right. Uh, sure, in the
0: development of the unaired pilot. That's right. But uh The Unaired Pilot where Jed just runs in and consumes all the brownies before they're fully
1: cooked. Exactly, right. <laughs> exactly. These are good. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> so they they like this show. And I don't know what it is, and I don't know how to relate. Yeah, you roundly mock it anyway. So so I always joke that that it's a race instead of a competition sure. of baking, who can bake right, the most yes. baking. Yeah. I, so, I believe there was a
0: time where your bit was it was about who could bake the biggest pie.
1: Yeah. Like it was a tonnage thing. Like I purposely act as though I don't understand what the show is, <laughs> but then ask them questions based on that. Right. You know, like... So who made the most cookies? And they're like, well, that's not really the point of the show. But so how do you know who baked the most stuff if you're not counting cookies? And so on and so forth. How indeed. And they, they just hate it. Right. And they everyone
0: would, tires of this bit before Glenn knows.
1: Yeah, they wanted they want to stop, and then I just keep doing it. And we had one of our, our uh, uh, amazing, amazing, amazing volunteer ladies uh, come uh, over to the house for New Year's Eve. And one of them mentioned that that's like her favorite show. And that kicked it all off, all over again. I was literally calling people into the room so that I could mock it because I knew they liked it. Right. So here's what here's what. That was an
0: important note. Glenn's not going to come to you. He will summon you to his presence for mocking. Yeah, come in here. I want to just
1: trash I'm crap you love. over the thing
0: you all over the thing you like. Come That's here and take right.
1: it. That's right. You know you like it. That's right. So here's what... And this is going to be... I mean, some people are going to be yelling at their pod when But it comes around. Yeah. So what happened was uh, there's a British uh, comedian that I actually love a lot. His name is David Mitchell. He's a very funny, very witty uh, guy. Uh, you know, I, I think that's one of your favorites as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. So... I'm looking they have all sorts of clips on on YouTube, so I'm just clicking around and seeing him on all sorts of different kinds of shows and in in England they have just like tons and tons of shows where just people go on you know panel shows and all different kinds of things so I'm clicking through not even paying attention to what I'm clicking on and he's on this show and he's got an apron on and he's like chopping up food and I realize after a certain significant period of time I'm watching this show
2: you're watching the great british bake-off
1: i am watching they the. they tricked you they tricked me it's like a celebrity edition of the great british bake-off wow and so i'm watching it and here's the thing that i have to confess mm. and this pains me come clean glenn it's a path to healing. just let it go i actually liked it <laughs>
0: wow i know it's hard for you to say that
1: was so hard for me to say but I like the show, and so now all the people who know me will be harassing me and upsetting me and saying bad things about me. But I have to, I have to confess in order to come clean.
0: Sure, the people demand honesty. Well, off that, I'm going to declare a secondary marketing emergency. Whoa. Because Whoa. Glenn has reminded me. It's a great model, I think. that uh, You take a thing he, he didn't think he would like, which is a great British bake-off, and they tricked him. And yeah, right. thinking it was something else and going to see it. And speaking of things that people would have to be tricked into consuming. Yes. Brings us to a tweet from our friend Adam, some, a few weeks back at this time, uh, bringing something to our attention. And that is that there's going to be a third installment of the God's Not Dead franchise. Yeah, been- oh, no! yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is God's Not Dead, colon... A light in darkness. I I will read the blurb. Pastor Dave, mm. David A. R. White responds. Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. What's the name of this pastor? His his,
0: his the name of the character is Pastor Dave. Uh-huh. The real person, actor's name. Oh, is David A. R. White?
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: Got I jokes about that last name and how it relates to kind of the content and the tone of the movies?
1: <laughs> I I i met a lot of those people in that movie are white.
0: Yes, whites everywhere. Um, so the, the, plot, the plot summary is this. Pastor Dave responds to an unimaginable tragedy of having his church located on the grounds of a local university burned down.
2: Okay. <laughs> I don't like to With, unimaginable. I can imagine it pretty easily. Yeah. yeah.
0: The local church burns down and local officials reject his plans to rebuild it. With nowhere else to turn, he seeks legal help from his estranged brother, dot, 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 an attorney and atheist.
1: Whoa. Then you could just take the insurance money and build it somewhere else.
0: Yeah, and also, um, it's it's not incumbent on your attorney to share your religious views. That's kind of like a whole law thing. Yeah. So if they're yeah. a good attorney, that's cool. Um also, I and I, I had not read the plot summary. I watched a bit of the trailer, and Adam sent it to us, but at about 20 seconds, my eyes started bleeding, so right. I got something else. Um, right. But here's the part I enjoy so far. What it seems that this church, this b- movie is about is literally, Pastor Builds Building.
2: Yes.
3: Right. right.
0: They let pastors make enough movies that eventually said, you know what people probably really love? The story of a building. Whoa. Right.
1: <laughs> like, it's not ministering to the people, which he can do without a building. No. No, no, no. Those yeah. of us who don't he, have a if building. If anything, he stopped you know.
0: ministering to people so he could figure out this building situation. Right,
1: that's right. Some of us don't have a building and do ministry, so that would be a but, huge tragedy. But do you? I mean... <laughs> no, we really don't. We, really actually, we, we, we go indoors to do it. Uh, huh. that, that much is true, but we, we don't own that building. Huh, huh, well, it's... Well,
0: I think Jed's implying in perilously close to real
1: things people implied if you don't have a building
0: aren't you really doing ministry <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah if i if my name's not on the deed I mean, then actually yeah no, that's really still, you can still do it well so that's that's the thing
0: and uh, here's the thing we make fun of the god's not dead movies uh, because oh, wow we watched part of one and it really deserved it yeah but the previous ones <laughs> as i understand it had a story sure right There's a kid who goes to the college and for some reason, his philosophy 101 professor <laughs> can keep him out of medical school for refusing yeah. to sign something affirming right. the statement God's not dead. So they debate each other, which right. I guess the second one is something about the ACLU was trying to
3: They're
0: shut bad. down Christianity.
2: Yeah. Right. So one of the
0: things we're franchise has a really weird relationship with lawyers. Sure. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, we've gotten f- fully to. White guy builds a building. Yes, that is the plot of this movie. I'm only going to, again by his last name. White man right. funds and builds building. <laughs> right is the plot of this movie. Yes. That's
1: you know that's his name. Local white builds building. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> and
0: that is not a movie. Right. That's an awful pitch. Yes. To right. anyone, we, we, there are people who enjoy the God's not dead and whatever. God bless them. This is not a plot to a film. before right. we even get anything right. else.
1: Hey, compared to the pitch for. Snakes on a plane. Yeah. Yeah, that's a compelling narrative. You walk in and say, what's what's your idea for a movie? Plane. Snakes on that plane. (laughs) Yes. Boom. Yeah. Go. Green lit. Green lit. I want to see that movie now.
0: And this brings me to my point, which I I think as we get into 2018... We need to focus on our marketing skills. Okay. Right? We need to hone and develop. And by marketing, I of course mean lying. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I think this is a good exercise for us. Right. Say the people at Pureflix who do follow the Bridge Chicago on Tumblr, which is one of the weirdest things about my life. <laughs> wow. Um, we don't. I, I still maintain that there's some uh, social media intern. Who, like, on his last day did that as a joke. <laughs> right. But yeah. So we will occasionally get likes on our posts from Pure Flix. Um, <laughs> but let's bizarre. say the good people at Pure Flix, who are uh, funding and distributing God's Not Dead, Light in the Darkness, right. came to us and said, uh, guys, we made a we made a, a movie about a, a white suburban pastor building a building. Right. It's yeah. just occurred to us after we've gotten the final color correction in that that's what this movie's about. We need you guys to come up with something that's going to put some butts in some seats here. Right. right. And, um, of course, between the marketing strategy that Hollywood employs and our personalities, I assume those will be fantastical lies. Yes. Yeah. So it's like it's common practice in Hollywood to shoot scenes now just for the trailer. Right, yes. Like big action movies, you'll you'll see a thing like, oh, it looks really cool, and then you'll get there and it's not in the final cut, because they literally shot it to put in the trailer. Right. So I'd like us, in in these next few minutes, to just think of some things we could throw out there that might get people to come to nods. I did too uh snakes on a plane gives me a great place to start right if we intimated that samuel l jackson would be starring in this movie yes or just have a cameo yes like i heard there's one of them post-credit sequences
1: yes okay how about how about this atheists on a plane oh that's good good. that's good (laughs) Den of
2: snakes on a plane yeah let me ask you this is samuel l jackson growing tired of these atheists on this plane obviously okay well in that case i'm interested
3: I think this is all good. Lee, you got something for us? Yeah, I, I was thinking, you know, that there was that movie Warrior about the two brothers who are the uh, MMA fighters. Right, yes. Oh, yeah. You know, so, you Tom know, Hardy. The, yeah, exactly. We got the Tom Hardy, the whole thing. The Nick Nolte, uh, you know. Yes. Oh, so here's what we're talking about is it's like that. You've got two brothers who are pitted against each other. It's yeah, basically, yeah. It's, we're basically the sequel to the MMA Brothers Warrior movie. It's just brothers fighting each other, you know, in close quarters, the whole deal.
2: I I love the idea of a trailer where we take the God Not Dead 3 footage. We put like, you know, kind of like a nice butt rock, you know, track underneath it, you know, Nickelback. And then we just cut it to scenes of MMA that are completely disconnected from the movie. That's right. But intimating that they are in there. Just wrestling around. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Exactly
0: right. Yes. Like, I think I like that a lot, contending for the
2: faith. Okay, another option. Hey, okay, so one assumes from their plot synopsis that there are scenes of hard-charging courtroom drama. Right. right? I one assumes. I say we, we put our pennies together, hire Aaron Sorkin, okay, to draft the most profanity-laden courtroom speeches he's ever done. Wow. And the man can do a profanity-laden yeah. courtroom speech. Okay. Right. Those solely for the trailer.
1: Right. Not in the final yeah, cut fantastic. at all.
2: Solely for the trailer.
1: And they're just, they're walking down the hall while they do it. Exactly
2: right. Yes. Yeah, you gotta that's, have the walk and talk. Yeah, the
1: walk and talk is the signature uh, sorkin movie. That's the there. sorkin
3: movie absolutely right. Yes. Can the whole trailer just be the moment when the old church burned down and then we have old footage from like the Ron Howard movie about the firefighters? Yes. yes. Nice. We splice that in there.
0: I like that a lot. I I I think we're I think the trailer is what we're signaling in on. I think that's very good. Right can we just cut in a bunch of extra explosions?
1: Well, obviously. obviously we have to do... I mean, what movie can't be helped by explosions? I, explosion? The question I ask myself before I go see the movies, how many explosions are likely to be in it?
0: And I don't, I mean, I don't mean recut the trailer. I just mean After Effects explosions all over the existing trailer. It's like, I just don't know how we're going to get an abeyance from the city to zone this. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. your background. That's well, right.
3: Okay, let me... Go ahead. Go well, ahead okay, so the, <laughs> it's a little off the wall, but you know, like in in those like in 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 horror movies, they always have this thing where they have like a like a seven, eight, nine year old kid, like in really washed out colors, like singing a, a nursery rhyme.
2: Yeah, that's right. So so nice. with
3: this, we you know in the building the new building, and they're wondering, you know, is the new building going to be haunted or something like that? And we have like. A ghostly image of like a nine-year-old kid singing like a vacation Bible Frere school Jaca. hymn, yeah, just like yeah. a yeah. Yeah.
0: Jesus
3: paid it all. Like the slightly <laughs> yeah. out of tune yep. piano, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. So you yes. know yes. that like yeah. it's about to go down. All a right.
0: falsetto children's choir singing, "Were
1: you there?" <laughs> well, now here, here's the here's what this is leading us towards. Yes, you know so. what this whole thing's missing. Tell me. Tell me. Satan. Yes! Okay. Yes. Obviously. Okay, now here's what here's what we get. Dude. Yeah. Red spandex. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> just okay. a
0: really, like, bought it on November 3rd at Party City. Yeah. Yes. Ill-fitting yes. yes. devil pajamas costume. Yes. That's right.
1: Pitchfork. Yes. Yes. Horns. Yes. No doubt. Tail. Yes. Yep. Okay. Then just put him in something. Like a room. Sure. Okay. Set that room on fire. Right. <laughs> right. He's dancing around cackling. Right. Oh, sure. <laughs> Boom. Right. You will sell tickets to this movie. No question. Well, I think I
2: can I can tie this whole thing together. Do it. So we open with the haunting "Jesus loves me." Yep. Cut to Satan in the flames. Yep. Boom! Explosion. Yep. You know, church on fire. Cut to the hyper vulgar, unnecessarily profane, sorkin <laughs> walk and talk, yep. which is not in the movie. Cut to Samuel Jackson declaring he's tired of this atheist on this plane, and then everything goes black. Slow fade in horseback, lone character, we zoom in, it's a monkey holding a machine gun. Oh my Impact sound, God's Not Dead 3, a light in the darkness.
0: I think we got to go picture.
2: That's a movie right Yeah, there. I would watch that movie.
0: And now, after that fit of genius, I will bring us back down to earth by pointing out, if you made a movie where you had a you know, Satan character in the red pajamas with the pitchfork, you know, twirling his mustache, but your premise was he was also the head of the ACLU... <laughs> I think Pure Flix would make that movie. Like if that was your pitch to Pure Flix. Wow. <laughs> like it's it's like the what's the countery appuccino Devil's Advocate. Yes. Yeah. It's like that, but in this case the devil is just an activist judge. Yeah, think, that's right. I think we could actually get that movie made. And of course, uh we will eventually launch Say That Studios to rival the Pure Flixes of the world. And we'll make these insane movies that have nothing to do with the trailer. <laughs> and the budget will be mainly for CGI. And let's be honest, practical explosions. Well, of course.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: But we're going to have to hit a critical number of Bridgebox subscribers to do that. It takes a lot of $8 a month donations to rig up you know, squids and you know, enough C4 to do the kind of explosion we're really talking about. And you say, why does this courtroom scene need that much C4? And we say, never you mind. Yeah. We're <laughs> the professionals here. We're making
2: movie Magic. <laughs>
0: We're the dream makers. But, uh, so for, but for again, for now, we continue to fund our Deacons program, the work uh, Lee's doing down there in Tennessee. Lots of great stuff going on, getting folks connected into churches, getting folks uh, connected with places like food pantries and shelters, getting folks connected to 12-step programs, all the wonderful work our Deacons do that is funded entirely by Bridgebox. You can check that out. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox, only $8 a month. Get songs, sermons, and all sorts of good stuff for yourself. All right, we're going to jump to our first Question here. This was actually a bridge topic from a couple of weeks ago, but I thought it went a really well with the bridge, and I really enjoyed kind of the uh, the discussion we as a staff were kind of having around this topic and uh, what was revealed by it. So I wanted to, to bring that back up on the podcast, Glenn. I'd love to get you to start us off. This question came in to our bridge box, and it says, quite frankly, "How do you know if you're saved?" So Glenn, why don't you kick us off?
1: Well, if you want to be, you are. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well. Right. Moving on, second question. Quite simple. That's it. Uh, Bible says that uh, God desires that everyone be saved. And, but
0: like, what about people who you know, do naughty things?
1: Uh, also them, uh, everyone. Oh. God desires everyone would be saved. Whoa. So when he says everyone, he means everyone. He wants everyone to be saved. Now, here's what happens. If he wants you to be saved, and you want to be saved, okay. who else could possibly intervene into that process and say, "Well, no, I can now overrule this from happening sure that's the That's the problem that we have. and the funny thing is, I think on a subconscious level, we kind of think that that could happen, and there's a reason why, because if if you think about it, uh, you know a lot of the men and women who come to the bridge, for example. They, uh, they're former gang members. So, uh, you aren't a gang member when you think that you're a gang member, when you feel like you're a gang member, you're a gang member when the gang says you're a member. Uh, same thing for people who are in college. You're not a doctor when you just feel like you, you know, (laughs) I just feel like doctoring.
0: I I feel feel like I really got it down. Scalpel, please.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That, that ain't gonna work, you know? There, other people have to, by consensus, declare you to be that thing. But the thing is, uh, not only this is that not how Christianity works. Uh, the, the hilarious part is that never will be the way it will work for anyone because no one's ever going to tell you, "Hey, you know, you're you're really Christian." I don't know why that is, but you know, people just don't don't want to give it up for you, so. Um. Uh, the, the truth is, if you want to be saved, uh, and God wants you to be saved, nobody else gets a vote. It's one right. of the rare things in life that's like that, but that's how that works. Uh, there are no exceptions to that. I think the, part of the problem with that is if you go to a, tr- a certain type of church, right? they'll say, well, you can be saved. But. Ooh. And whatever comes after that, you need to tune up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. God will save you, but you have to make sure you behave or else, you know, there's always these, uh, you know, yeah buts to that, is what we call them around here. And you got to beware of the yeah buts. Uh, There's, there, you, you, what that becomes is a manipulation move of, I don't want you to just think that you're saved and that, it doesn't matter what you do so i want you to just feel bad i want you to feel guilty i want you to feel ashamed i want you to feel afraid um i think so i think the thing that the the rest of the the, the team uh, uh will look to explore here is this issue of why don't you feel like mm-hmm. you're saved. uh there there's uh, the the theology is clear the the bible is clear on this subject uh and there are no exceptions given to what's in the Bible. Yeah. You know, the Bible's clear. You know, this is true unless that's true. Or, you know, th- if there's an exception, it tells you that's the exception. If there's a if, if there's a point at which something is not is no longer true, it'll say that. It doesn't say that. It says everybody who calls upon the, the, the name of the Lord will be saved. Everybody. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, why do you feel like that doesn't apply to you is, I think, the main question here.
0: It's a fantastic point. Lee, why don't you pick us up there? What are some of the... Uh the bad information or the, uh, the kind of thought patterns people get in that make them question this kind of thing.
3: Well, I think that one of the things that happens so often is the next sin happens, you know, yeah. the, the, yeah. the next moment happens, the next, the next time that you screw up, because what, regardless of what we've heard, um, we all have this, we all have this sense that, okay, now I'm in, even, even if we heard exactly what Glenn just said, now i 'm in, so now the expectations are different uh, now that i 'm in now God is looking at me and he 's saying, "Okay, okay, bring your a game now um, and, and that's that 's a feeling that we naturally have because well now I want to really I really want to do this thing I, w- I want to do this thing all out kind of deal, and the problem is is that you fall on your face again and then you have then then you 're down on yourself. Yeah, I got myself to a place where I felt saved, and then I did a thing again. Now, here's the thing is that none of the, the good and very basic and very simple but very true theology, none of that true theology that Glenn just said um, is impacted or affected by your emotions over that. Like, one of the things that Glenn said was, if you want it, you're in. That's true. Jesus wanted you wants you to be saved. If you want to be saved, you're saved. And he said, and then... If there's somebody else that has an opinion about that, they don't get to have a say. Well, here's another thing that doesn't get to have a say. Your emotions. Yeah. Which I'll... change all the time. You know, they they change all the time and you know, based on all kinds of different stuff. I mean, I have days where uh you know, the temperature drops and everything about my outlook on the world is different. Um it, you know, days where I feel a little tired or I've got a little bit of a headache or something like that. And then I'm, you know, I'm I'm short with my kids or I just have a bad attitude about this person that I got to be around. And my feeling is I don't feel very saved. I don't feel very in or a part of this thing. You're going to have days like that. And so I think the key is that the part that comes next is being able to give that same speech to yourself that Glenn just gave to all of us which is if you want it Jesus wants it you're in period end of story no matter what anybody else says about that no matter what your own emotions tell you about that the really really cool thing is there's a there's a there's a verse in um in this little book called um, Philemon in the New Testament it's one chapter long and it's the apostle Paul writing to this dude because he wants to convince this dude to do something that he wants the guy to do that the guy doesn't want to do. That's the whole premise of the book. But there's a verse in there, in the, in the I think it's like in verse 6 or 7 or something like that, this tiny little letter, where he says, as you share your faith, you're going to become more convinced about your faith. You're going to increase your own belief and understanding in the stuff in your gospel as you share it. And what that means is, is that, when um, it it goes back to something that Jed was saying in the last episode, which is when you um, can be in a position where you are encouraging other people about how God feels about them then you're going to be able to feel that way more about yourself. The more you reach out and encourage other people about the way that Jesus loves them, the way that God wants to pick them up, the way that God sees them in the midst of all of their past, in the midst of all their mistakes, and the way they keep falling and all that kind of stuff, then the more it's going to reinforce in your own heart and mind that despite my emotions and despite my continued mistakes, God still sees me as his kid, as his saved kid, as his... The one that he came for, the one that he adopted, all that kind of stuff. So I think we have to preach it to our own emotions, and I think we have to preach it to other people and encourage other folks, and that's going to give us a deeper and deeper understanding of it ourselves.
0: It's a fantastic point. It's a great way to take that up. And, Jed, let me just close out here because is bringing up a point that um, when we discussed this on our Tuesday lunch meeting before we kind of went to the bridge, was I think it was really the insight you brought into the situation that led you to break down more, which is, um, this is not a theological question. Yeah. This is pretty much in its entirety an emotional question. And I wonder if we don't think that, as Lee's pointing out here, those things are far more intertwined than we give them credit for. So how do we start to wade through that?
2: Well, you know, I think one of the things that is a real mark of growth that we all have to reach on our own is when we can recognize that... God is allowed to think things different than what we think, that we can feel one way about a subject and that God can have a different opinion and a different emotional state about that subject. We have a tendency on our bad days to look at ourselves and say, well, I feel like I'm awful and I'm just the worst. And I think when we're younger in our faith and and younger in our emotional life, I think it's easy without realizing that we're doing it to assume that God must share that belief, that God must feel the exact same way that, that I do. But I think it's, it's a mark of maturity and of growth to get to a point where you say, no, I feel low and I feel bad about myself, but that doesn't mean that God agrees with me. That. Right. that doesn't mean that, that God is on that. So we reach that point, we can uh, start to really embrace the truth that on our low days, nothing has changed. Um, mm-hmm. that uh, God's love for us has not changed, God's commitment to us has not changed, God's saving of us has not changed. I think that one of the problems that we run into, too, as we look at theology and emotions, is we want things that are theological to have their own rules. We, we want them to kind of exist in a world that is different than everything else in our lives, but it it doesn't really really work that way, you know. Um, I part of what you're you're saying with you know you wonder you know if, whether or not you're saved. I bet you wonder one day to the next all kinds of things about yourself you know should you really be at this school should you really be working on this yeah. degree should you really be working this job you know does this person i'm in this relationship with really care about me you know uh, you know do my you know, do my parents really want me to come home for thanksgiving or are they just are they that's what they're supposed to say i bet one day to the next one week to the next i bet you wonder about all of those things and that's okay that's normal you know, i mean that's that's life we we all we have up days and we have down days and i think where we get into trouble And and again, I think we're able, most of us, to recognize that we run hot and cold on all kinds of things. I think where we get into trouble is when we try and make the spiritual life different. We we try and make things that involve theology different, where it's okay that I would run hot and cold on, you know, where I am in college and whether or not it's a good idea, but if I ever have a day where I don't feel 100% certainty about the Lord Jesus Christ, well, that probably means something terrible. No, it just means you're human, man. That's that's Okay. Here, Here's the thing I'd like to encourage you to do as a thought experiment. I'd like you to think about if you woke up tomorrow and you were absolutely convinced to the core of your soul that you were as saved as saved could be, you were as loved by God as was possible in this cosmos, and that nothing could ever change that. If you were just convinced of that, what would you do? What would be next? What's the next step? What's the next thing? Do Are we... Um, are we just going to relax and just, you know, maybe I'll put my feet up and, and watch a movie, and eat some Cheetos, because finally I don't have to be afraid? Would we say, well, you know, I've been, you know, I've been wanting to go and help out at the homeless shelter, but I didn't know if they want a heathen like me. But now that I know I'm not a heathen, I feel like I'm qualified to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think there's any number of answers. But I think this is the thing. I think you're waiting for certainty before you move on with your life. Um, and there's all kinds of stuff that moving on with your life could mean for you, but I think you're waiting for certainty. That certainty is not going to come in the way that you are expecting it to right. be. You, you are certain when you decide you're certain. The thing I want to encourage you to do, decide you're certain and start walking in that next direction start walking. Get in motion. The more that you do that, the more your walk with the Lord will grow and deepen. The more intimacy you will have, the more you will become certain, yes, I am walking and talking with my Savior, and I am saved. The good stuff is ahead of you. You know, when you, this is weird, but go with me. If you got married to the girl of your dreams, and on your wedding night, you're sitting there going, are we really married? (laughs) I'm in like, I don't, because like we were there. What if that guy was just an imposter. Exactly right. I mean, he <laughs> says by the power invested in me by the state of Illinois, but I never saw his credentials. That's I don't a- <laughs> know. This could all be a sham. <laughs> if you sat there on your wedding night thinking about that, there would be something critical you would not be doing mm.
3: right.
2: where you would really be missing out. <laughs> I bet you can think of what I'm referring to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it is here. There is fun that awaits you in your walk with the Lord. We want you to not miss out on any of that fun, so start walking forward.
0: It's a great point. It's really the thing that when we when we talked about this and gave the sermon um at the bridge, the thing we we kind of decided because the way it works is we'll uh we 'll sit down at lunch, and uh, me, Glenn Jed, and our uh, coworker Pete will kind of talk about the, the subject from different angles and kind of what do we think we want to say on this? what do we think our pastors will cover on this, how do we want to fill in those gaps? and then normally one or two of us will actually deliver sermons so um, but w- I think where we landed on this one was a lot exactly as we are talking about the the question is not are you saved the question is why don 't you feel like you 're saved yeah because uh, these guys are pointing out um, and we didn 't have this we were, we were thankful. Um, we were we were a little afeared that our some of our pastors would come in and um, just try to make the theological case. We had a, a lot of great preachers that week. It didn't have been the case, but um, I think as to to expand on Judge's point about what people look to theology to do, there is no such thing in this world as an airtight theological case that will force you to change the way you behave. Yep, that has to have a strong emotional component. Yeah. Um, you have to address people's emotional lives and their inner lives when you when you want them to do something. And that includes yourself. There's no such thing. You will never uh, just lock yourself away with the Bible and finally hit enough of it, understanding of systematic theology to say, "Well, it turns out the guilt doesn't make sense." And I've, <laughs> I've really internalized that, and I've read a lot of Calvinist theory, and I really I really grabbed a hold of it here. If anything, when you ignore this kind of um, giving yourself some, a break, as Glenn was talking about in the last episode, of addressing these kind of emotional issues, you can find anything in that Bible you want. If it's not part of, as, as Jed is saying here, a, an active living out of your faith, that's what's going to give you the certainty. It turns out when you go out and start serving people, uh, you, you, you get real convinced that you're saved. Yep. It's not you, When you sit around that's thinking it. about it, and just a lot of well, I do this which is good, but I do this which is bad. That's <laughs> not the way we're gonna get there. It's not what we're talking about here. And we we actually talked in the last episode about a person wrote in a question to Glenn's blog about wanting to be fine. And I think we, we get in that to go back to what Glenn's talking about with some of these these mindsets you might hear in church, that idea of saved gets you from hell to zero. Right but don't let it happen again. <laughs> <laughs> There's <laughs> an idea, and this was uh, Glenn's contribution to our to our discussion on Tuesday. was this idea of um, a lot of, you'll hear a lot of church folk talk about salvation, like God doesn't really want to.
1: Right, that's right.
0: Like it tricked it's, him. <laughs> it's the gruff uh, principle going, I'm going to give you one more chance, <laughs> right. but don't let me see you in my office
1: again. That's right. You're on probation. <laughs>
0: that's right. You're on double secret spiritual probation. <laughs> And that's that's not the way it goes. But when you get in these cycles, just, well, it says I'm saved, but it also says, you know, being cast out and all that, it's hard to get that idea of God's love, which is where least starts off, and that kindness and all that went through. It turns out is just saying when you put that in some action and start experiencing that, then that drives the emotion, the positive emotions of it, which are very helpful in getting the theology to sink in, and it'll work out a lot better for you. All right, move on to the next question here. This came in anonymously. It says, how can I start sharing my faith with people I work with? And Lee, why don't you start us off here?
3: I'd love to. Um, The the funny thing about my answer to this question is that it's not going to start out with anything that sounds like uh, mission work or like you're doing a lot of ministry or or, uh, it's going to have almost zero Bible in it. Um, We're not going to do any preaching or anything like that. Um, Here's the thing you need to know about the people that you work with at your job. No one cares about them. Nobody cares about their life. They think they are alone floating in the universe by themselves, and no one gives a crap about them at all. So here's what you should do. If you want to share your faith with the people that you work with, um, pick somebody at work, especially somebody that seems like they're lonely or sad, and uh, hang out with them. Uh, just start getting to know them um, if If folks at work have a place where they congregate to eat lunch like in a courtyard or something like that, ask that person to join you um, or if everybody goes to a sandwich shop or something like that. Uh, walk with that person um, and just get to know them Ask them questions about their life. Get ready for this to take a long time don 't get in a hurry and don 't be looking for a bunch of specific results all of a sudden. Just take some time to get to know this person. Ask them questions. uh, Find some things that you can laugh together, that you can connect with together. Basically, just get into a, 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 a situation where we are becoming friends and we're hanging out. Because again, let me repeat this, no one cares about them. Everybody goes to work, they do their own thing, and they don't think about anybody else. When somebody is in a group photograph... Everybody else could have, like, giant, like, pizza stains on their face. If they look okay, they, they declare the picture is awesome because everybody looks directly at their own face. Nobody cares about anybody else. For large – mainly, this is the case. Everybody cares about their own self. That's it. If you care about one other person in your office – you are doing a massive work towards reaching this person for Jesus. Let's not worry about preaching right now. Let's not worry about Bible, anything like that. Let's spend some time getting to know somebody. Show some compassion, ask some questions, and, and get ready for that to take a long time. Here's what's going to happen eventually. When that person has a hard time, they will, because everybody does. Guess who they want to talk to? Guess who they want to oh. call? Guess who they want to ask advice and help from? You are going to be in the perfect position when the Lord opens up an opportunity, when that person exposes a need. You have the answer. All of us who believe in Jesus, one trick ponies. We got one answer. It happens to be the right answer, but not everybody's ready to hear it. You want to get yourself into the position where you can give the right answer when somebody is ready to hear it.
0: It's a really, really strong place to start off, and Jed, I'd love to get a you here. Um, I think Lee gave us exactly the right place to start with the sharing of the faith. Yeah. But I think there's a step before that we need to we need to look at and make sure we've got some foundations right about here because before you start talking, you
2: probably want to start doing. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Uh, here's the thing: a- anybody can can just say the things they believe in. Is it, it requires absolutely nothing of you.
1: You know, I something will some people do that a lot.
2: Yeah, so some people build a career out of that. Yeah. <laughs> it changes by the day, sometimes the hour. Um if if you want credibility, then that's about living out your faith. That's the thing about it. That's about serving other human beings. There's a lot of ways to do that. So, um Uh, The Bible refers to the least of these, uh, and that can be anything from um, helping people who don't have a home or at a homeless shelter. That can be um, helping with a chapel service at your jail. That can be doing visitation at a um, nursing home or being involved with a program like Meals on Wheels that that provides service to to shut-ins. There's a million ways to do that, but it's serving people who are in need where you stand to gain nothing in return. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing. That's yeah. that's the thing of it. And this is the thing non-Christians view that as what Christians should be doing. If you if you surveyed A thousand non-Christians and asked, what should Christians be doing? Like, what would be the mark of a true Christian? (laughs) That is what they would say. You know, all that Jesus-y stuff. Exactly right. Feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the sick and the imprisoned. If you are doing those things, uh, first of all, it's going to be like crazy good for your own walk. Like crazy, crazy, crazy good. Refer to the last question. Crazy good for your own walk. But the second, um, well, the second is you're going to end up having conversations with people as you're doing that work that are going to be a lot of insights on just how to talk with people, which is a really nice uh, thing. Uh, but the third thing is it's going to give you credibility uh, as um, a real Christian. Uh, it turns out non-Christians, they don't care how good your theology or your doctrine or how much John we Calvin you say that, dude. They don't care about that at all. Uh, they do care about, are you living out your faith? Yeah. Like a lot.
1: Jed, yeah.
0: have you have you never been asked to quote catechisms at the jailhouse?
2: That has never come up.
0: Oh, what about creeds? No. Nope. Well, I'm shocked.
2: Yeah. I mean yeah. <laughs> Lord. Okay. So, I was going to say something inappropriate and then I restrained myself. Well, done, good.
0: Sir. In the in the lead for 2018 baddies. That's You're it. all welcome. <laughs>
2: But here's the thing, um, not only will this give you credibility, which is like super super important and biblical, there are many commands um uh, in the New Testament to maintain a good relationship with outsiders. The other thing about it is people will notice yeah word will get around it uh it, Lee is absolutely right that no people are unbelievably self focused they mm. they they really really are there's no question about that in a weird way at the same time they they tend to have a sense of who is on BS and who's not. Yeah. Um, people, they, they pay enough um, attention to note who is a Bible-thumping hypocrite and who isn't. Yeah. They, they, do, they do have a nose for that. Yeah, And the thing is, um, they don't care if you only listen to Christian music. That doesn't, that doesn't give you any credibility of any kind.
0: <laughs> if anything, uh, that's going to
2: hurt. That's, that's going to hurt. The idea of, no, that dude, Jim goes down, I think he goes down to the homeless shelter and helps the, the homeless people with the food. Man, does that give you credibility. And there, there's no, no other I'll way to get that. it. That's there's, right. So if you if you build that credibility, which, again, will be so good for your own walk, and then you follow it up with everything Lee was right. describing, man, you have no idea how much ministry you will be doing in your workplace.
0: It's a fantastic point, and I think exactly what Jed's saying there ties into what Lee was saying, because um, something like reaching out to a lonely person at work and being nice and being uh, generous people and being generous people— is a way of building this credibility, Jed's talking about, that obviously he's saying other service ways are going to do that. But, Glenn, I think that that speaks to an important distinction here, which is there's uh, sharing your faith in the way we would think about that, of being around, as Jed's saying, kind of doing, letting people pay their own. Then there's sharing your faith Mm. in the way that church people mean it, which is really annoying people with Jesus.
2: Glenn, if you died tonight... Do you know for sure that you would go to the funeral home? If not, Brewer Funeral Services is here to help with your end stage planning.
0: Again, I think our, as a team, our marketing instincts need a lot of work. Um, but so there is that thing of I think when people get freaked out about oh, I got to share my faith, whatever you know. if Yep, and
1: they, mention their death right away. Yes,
0: you know, let's start there. You know, keep yeah. it light, breezy. Talk yeah. about <laughs> if I right. murdered you, what would happen?
1: That's Just right. hypothetical. That's right. Don't know
0: why you're getting all weird. <laughs> right.
1: Yes. Here's your medical test. Now, if you thought you might die tonight, sure. what would you, you, know?
0: Just watching, walking into julia's HR office. Yeah, it happened again. Hi, Julie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so there's that thing of, you know, well, what, what would I even say? And that's kind of, I think, putting the cart before the horse as far yeah. as you don't need to, we don't need to get from zero to decision for Christ. Yeah. That's not really what sharing your faith means. So what does that mean in a non-pushy way?
1: Well, I think ultimately it's about taking everything that these two guys said, which is brilliant and perfect and creating a conversation starter behind that what you want is really for the other person to drive the conversation Mm. you're not being pushy if you're just answering questions here so um, let's say i'm following the advice that these guys are giving me and i'm doing i'm i'm volunteering at the homeless shelter well if i take a picture of some of those guys and i have it on my desk at work People will ask me, "What is that?" And I say, "Well, you know, this is these are a couple of guys I know and I care about them. You know, they're down at a homeless shelter. I got to know them down there, but they're they're good people, and I see them, and I, I I'm reminded of my own life, and I can be thankful for the things that I have, and you know, I want to keep them in mind and 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 pray for them. Oh well, why why did you go to the homeless shelter? Well, you know, this that's my thing. You know, this is uh, I'm I'm a Christian, and that's just kind of how that manifests itself, you know, just God's given me a lot, and I feel like I want to give back. Oh, well, you know, where do you go to church? And you see what I'm saying? You know, yeah. the, and we're off! You're, you, you let them drive that. Yes. And, it, and here's the thing, they, per what Lee was saying, they might hear that and say, oh, no, you're going to tell me about something. Don't tell them about it. Right. And you're just answering <laughs> questions. Yeah. And they might say, oh, and they may r- run away because they're afraid you're going to say something. And then you don't say anything, and then they realize they didn't need to be afraid. Mm, right. Uh, but you, you have established to them who you are, what you're about, what the thing is, that you're not judgmental, that you don't look down on people. And you that know you how to be cool. About. And you know how to be cool. Yeah. And uh, they may ask you a question at some point in the future, and you can answer those questions and kind of move that forward. But here's the thing. I think we've used this analogy before, but it bears repeating. You want to be the guy. Like In Chicago, everything about living in an urban environment is having a, a, a connection, having a system yep. that allows you to, to get things done, especially if you're doing ministry the way we do, especially if you don't have a ton of money the way we definitely do not. So you have to have a go-to guy for everything. So, for example, recently uh, we were trying to get uh, a, a woman who's up there in years into a facility. She ha- She was about to be homeless. And we needed a place that specialized in uh, 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 doing Christian ministry while also receiving uh, elderly people that could do that. And, and it would be a decent facility and it could happen, roughly speaking, right about now. Mm. Well, we've got a guy for that.
0: Luckily, Glenn's got a senior living guy.
1: I've got a senior living guy. You've got to have one, you know. So you cultivate that relationship and uh, trade favors and do that thing. Well, uh, recently, I don't know if we mentioned this, but recently we had uh, a, a friend of ours that we we, we know, we love, and care about very much, and he was being or, or, or was very nearly about to be deported to Liberia, the African country of Liberia. And, uh, you know, he was, of course, very concerned and worried and, and, and having struggles with that and asking us to pray about that situation and so on and so forth. And I was in on the text chain, and I said, well, just so you know, I've got a Liberia guy. I've got a guy in Liberia, bishop. He's a bishop. He's the bishop. He's my guy. He could be at the airport. It's no problem. It's a done deal. Let me know. It's a done deal. i got a Liberia guy. Glenn's got people in Liberia. That's right. So here's the thing is, uh, you want to be the guy. That's the thing. If you set yourself up as... He's my God guy. He's my God guy. If I want to talk about God stuff i go to that guy or that gal or whoever, whatever the case may be. The idea that you're sort of the go-to person for that kind of stuff is actually kind of great because people often have questions or maybe they see something about Christianity that seems weird to them and they want to ask a question. They're just curious. Uh, maybe they um, maybe they just have a struggle in their own life or maybe they have an, a, a relative that's on something kind of funny and they want to talk about that. And if they know that you're cool, they can come to you and they can ask you questions and you can show that you're cool about that. Yeah. You're going to be way—I mean, you're going to—again, you're getting into conversations, Your things are unfolding, you're giving them a different view of Christianity and a better and healthier view of that, you're going to be making a lot of ground.
0: It's a fantastic point, and as we often uh, talk about here in our ministry— Um, the vast majority of stuff you get done ministry-wise is going to be done before you say anything. Right. The way you carry yourself, the way people see you acting, and your ability to listen to them is going to get you 90% of the way to anything that's going to get done. So... um, that is the the kind of ninja level secret sauce on this. The good news of that being, that's pretty easy to do. As as all this ties into what Leah is pointing out, of people are really not used to someone genuinely not being a jerk to them. Yeah, maybe we're taking the workplace, so it's an easy place to start. And again, um, one, one critical thing here is you are there may be people in your life whom you are called by the Lord to reach out to, and you know really be a integral part in their journey towards salvation. That's not gonna be everybody. Odds are that's not gonna be a lot of people. Yeah. So you you don't start with that mindset. Start with the mindset of asking the Lord, what do I need to do here? That'll almost certainly involve being kind and being Christ like towards people. That's easy. And it may not go beyond that, which is fine. And we can't stress this enough, if you're in a workplace where it's gonna get you fired, don't do that. Yeah. That's not an that's not a godly act of sacrifice. That's just getting fired for no good reason. An important disclaimer. We want our final question here. This one came in anonymously. It says, "A Christian organization I'm involved with has just had some big problems revealed: financial issues and top people leaving in the wake of it. How do I know if their actions in response and apology are genuine or if they're just trying to cover themselves? There's there's a particular part of the anatomy they're probably trying to cover, but you know we're trying to keep this family friendly. okay. Yeah. So it's it's fine. Question It's one that has I think."
1: I think it's called CYA, Cover Your Anatomy. Yes. Yes, that's right. Um,
0: it's one that has uh,
2: more and more application as uh, the world goes on, it turns out. But, Jed, why don't we start us off? Sure. Well, let's see. How do I know if their actions are genuine or if they're just trying to play CYA? You don't. Right. That's right. You you don't know that, and I have
0: a strong guess, but we don't know.
2: We don't know, and uh, the better the uh, publicist and crisis PR management firm they hire is, the less you know. Mm. You 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 don't. I mean, it's um, uh, people there are people get paid a lot of money to be really good at theater, Uh, so you (laughs) you don't know. Yeah, Uh, you can guess, and that's fine. But this is the key thing; it doesn't actually matter, right? doesn't make any difference. Uh, What matters is what God is calling you to do. That's what matters. There's this amazing, it's one of my favorite Bible stories. There's a moment, it's in the book of John, it's in the 21st chapter, and um, Jesus has just told Peter a bunch of stuff that Peter super duper does not want to hear, uh, because there's a lot of bad news. I relate to Peter in that. Absolutely, absolutely, and Peter, in a moment that I totally relate to, points to another of the disciples and says, "Yeah, but what about that guy and i here <laughs> we we turn now, this is john chapter twenty one verses twenty two verse twenty two Jesus answered, "What is that to you yeah uh oh <laughs> you must follow me,
1: yeah, right,
2: and you know what here's the the thing is I think it is we live in such a gossipy age
1: mm-hmm.
2: we we live in in such a time of just our 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 international pastime at this point is drama and hearsay and slander and gossip that's mm-hmm. that's what we're what we're all into and two thing well three things first i like that as much as anybody right. second it's a sin i'm yeah. in like totally undeniably biblically sinful stuff thing number 3 it has nothing to do with your life Right. Not a single thing. Yep. God has areas where he's asking you to grow. He has victories you've already achieved. He's asking you to celebrate. Mm. He has observations he's asking you to make. He has breakthroughs he's asking you to push forward towards. He has adventures he's asking you to go on. And the thing is, we can't, we don't have enough time in the day or space in our brains or emotional energy available to both freak out over what everybody else is on (laughs) and live the life that God is calling us to live. There are moments in your life where someone else's sincerity is something you need to be very prayerful about because it directly pertains to things God is calling you to do. Where you need to discern, is this person on the level because there's a decision I need to make and whether or not they are legit has a great deal of bearing on that decision. If it doesn't relate to a decision like that, man, for you, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't make any difference. Um, it's God's job to sort out whether these people are uh, legit or not. Again, if you're wondering, should I, did we identify what kind of organizations? Oh, we did not. We did not. Um, if very intentionally. Yeah. If you're wondering, should I go be involved in some way with this organization? Well, then yes, we want to be very, very studious and discerning and prayerful yeah. as we look at all of this. Maybe yeah. for
0: future employment opportunities, will
2: rest on the reputation of this organization. Yeah. Exactly Right. But if you're not, if this is just some you know institution out in Christendom and whatnot, dude, focus on what God has for you. Yep. That's yeah. that's where the good stuff is, and everything else is a distraction.
0: It's a great point, and Lee, why don't you pick us up there and expand a little
3: bit? I love the way that Jed um, laid this out, and I know that this is something that I've grown a lot in uh, personally uh, as a as a believer um, in a not in this issue in particular, but in similar things because um, I used to feel like it was my it was my job to take sides. you know when when something would happen you got to take a side. you got to defend the integrity of the whatever or whatever it is. what i would suggest to you and i i would strongly encourage this is uh the question that you're asking us get a different goal. um don't make it your goal to take sides here. you you weren't the one in those meetings. you're not responsible for this institution. it's not your job to defend it and And this is the key thing, and this is something that I've learned a lot in my own life, is you want to get to a place where this institution's integrity or lack of integrity does not have um, a lot of bearing on your emotional state, or doesn't have the ability to to make or break your heart. What I mean by that is, we need to get to the place where, um, where you don't expect more out of Christian institutions... Or Christian people, then you should. Um, you should count on God to be trustworthy, and then you should count on everybody else to be a sinner. Uh, that's an important thing to realize is I don't when it comes down to these uh, things between people, I don't have to take sides. Um, if I'm in a ministry situation and two people are having a squabble, well, I don't have to take sides in between them. I serve sinners and who wh- who is has the most integrity or whatever that's not going to make or break my heart. I'm exactly as Jed said, I'm going to do what God is calling me to do and I'm going to trust God to have integrity, but outside of that, I don't have to be the one to take sides. And what I mean by that is you don't have to make sure this is all awesome so that you can be the mouthpiece for this institution. That's not your job, man. And you don't have to bear that burden. Um you what you can expect is you can expect that the people that are running this institution, no matter how, what its reputation is, no matter how awesome you always thought it was as a kid or whatever before you got involved in it or whatever the situation is or how awesome you heard it was from the people that, you know, in your spiritual life before you got uh, involved with it, you can be sure that the people who are running this institution are sinners who need the, who need the grace of Jesus and the leading of the Holy Spirit to not be complete and total screw-ups. That's everybody. So you don't have to be the one to take sides. You trust God, and you do what he's calling you to do, and then you can trust everybody else to basically be a monumental screw-up who's holding it together by the grace of God. And they're all self-interested. And I know that's, that's a pessimistic thing, but what we need to do is get ourselves to the place where we're outside of uh, looking at the world through the kind of lens that says... Uh, I'm expecting this thing to be awesome, and if it's not, then my heart is going to be super broken by it. Um, we don't want to be that impacted by people that we can count on to be sinners.
0: Yeah, that's a really fantastic point. It's definitely something that needs to be said as a huge part of the discussion. And Glenn, I'd love to get you to close out by looking at a slightly different aspect. As these guys have covered, there's the um, the... You know, are they are they really sorry or whatever? That has no real spiritual impact. It doesn't necessarily have impact on your life, so maybe Mm -hmm. don't worry about it. But let's let's go to the option. Let's say this is something that you your life is tangled up in a bit. Be that you know, the school you go to or the the organization you work for or whatever. And I think there is some value in looking at is this a good faith thing in the sense of I'm going to stay with this or is this have all the makings of something that I should be looking for an exit for? And a lot of that right. is also tied up in one aspect we haven't talked about, which is a lot of these religious organizations make these kind of uh, snafus are also ones that continue to ask for money.
1: That's right. So That's both
0: right. of those would imply the – outside of – and Jed and Lee, we're points about judgment and about that, and we don't need that. But I think there is a value of looking at, is this worth further investment?
1: Yeah, that is a very important angle on this. I mean, let's say this, first and foremost. um, I I can speak for myself, and I think most of the rest of the brothers on this podcast, but justice is something we very much can get into. Yes.
0: (laughs) When it Uh, happens to others.
1: That's right.
2: Not when it happens to me. Justice for others. That's right. Dealing it it out. Yeah, that's right. Tragedy is when I cut my finger. Comedy. Well, you know what comedy
1: is. That's right. So I think... um, uh, but for that very reason, we, uh, knowing that about ourselves, we are extremely careful about getting the facts straight on those kinds of things. Uh, because then you're doing more injustice to a situation if you're on the wrong side. The truth is, when, when you have conflicts in, in religious institutions, uh, a, a huge percentage of the people involved in those conflicts do not possess the basic facts. Uh, I've been, if you look at most re- uh, people who are in a religious profession, they all get attacked, and some a whole lot. Uh, most pastors do quite a little bit. I'm super fortunate that I haven't had a lot of that. I certainly couldn't complain in that department, and maybe I don't even have enough I- of instances of that to to kind of analyze it, but I would say Oh, 95% of the time that's happened to me, it's someone who literally does not understand the basic facts of mm. what's going on. Right. So it's, it's not that they've had the wrong interpretation of facts or they have the wrong point of view or any of that. They're upset about a thing that uh, did not happen and does not exist.
0: <laughs> I refer back to one of my favorite stories, being someone accusing Jed of getting into prison ministry for the money
2: right those sweet (laughs) sweet prison ministry dollars
1: yeah i mean it's just you know uh people people get on weird stuff and they get other people to get on weird stuff with them uh but here's 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 where i want to take that and i'm circling back to the money thing here's the thing is uh paul said i fought the good fight and i think that's a i think that's Something we rarely do. We fight. We can. Mm-hmm. We can do fighting. It's not a good fight. It's just the thing I have the most feels about. Sure, that's not a good fight to be in. This this thing makes me angry, so I'm going to yell about it. <laughs> that's not a good fight. You have nope. You know. You, a, you know. Um, you know uh, 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 someone is being attacked, so I'm going to pretend as if that person is me, and I'm going to defend them like they're attacking me. That's not a good fight. That's you just projecting your own weird stuff onto a situation that doesn't have anything to do with you. That's not a good fight. Fighting the good fight is doing what it takes to make the world a better place, man.
2: Amen. And if
1: you're not engaged in that, you need to get engaged in that and not be distracted uh by you know rumors and whatever else. Um uh but as as uh, we were just talking about here, as as Matt was pointing out uh the money element that does change things from the standpoint of if you're sponsoring this institution or this activity or this whatever it is uh handing it more money is something you want to pray about a great deal yep yeah. i think there are, you know a lot of people say well you know i'm going to this church because i feel like i want to do some good there and maybe they're jacked up but and i just feel like the lord's called me to be there uh okay, I'm not sure. You may want to run that around the mulberry bush one more time, but okay, if the Lord's calling you to do that. But is the Lord calling you to give all your cash to that place? Cuz that's a different animal. <laughs> Pastor
0: seems to think so. He's very vocal on the subject.
1: That's right. So, <laughs> it's possible to go to a church or an institution or whatever and 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 put money elsewhere. Uh but uh that is that is an element uh that does involve you and you you want to be prayerful about that. Um but uh I think uh the 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 thing that I want to land on is the idea that uh it, it, these guys are talking about taking sides and 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 getting on uh, uh, getting an opinion going about these things but I think the 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 real underlying reality is uh having a sense of what do you want the stuff you're involved with to look like. Mm, that's a good word. Uh, there's, there's just, you know, there, there are times when you, we see uh, churches in conflict or institutions in conflict, and the whole thing's a mess. Yep. And we're not fighting for how to get this thing to a good place. <laughs> I mean, we see churches fight over money all the time, but the, the money fight is, do we give money to a building or do we give a money to laser beams in a live nativity scene that's you know, <laughs> fight you know laser goats yeah <laughs> nobody's trying to yeah, exactly thank you uh, no, nobody's trying to say hey let's provide clean drinking water for this village in africa that's that's often that's crazy talk you know, th- there's no good fight in there uh, so i think if you can focus on that uh find that good fight and get in it Hey, man. It's a great
0: point. That That's is right. a fantastic way to close this off. If you have a question for us, say that, podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. We're going to take out with another live Bridge Worship track that is available on the Bridge Worship album, available on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere you download or stream music. Uh, I think this is a great song about salvation, about a lot of the other stuff we're talking about today. This is a Jed Brewer original called This Is Not a Trade. Take out yeah. that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it.
1: To say that podcast, I personally can't wait for the God's Not Dead slash Planet of the Apes crossover. <laughs> This is not a
4: trade What I do for you and you do for me The only offer that you make Is that you save completely And I completely need to be saved From thinking somehow I could do What you have done for me